This is Richard Cloutier Reports on 680 CJOB. Canadian Partnership Against Cancer providing a snapshot of cancer in this country. It found that in various areas where you can prevent cancer by not smoking, hey, we have the second lowest daily or occasional smoking rate in the country behind B.C., There's problems, though, with HPV, the vaccination rates among girls. Uh, We'll talk about screening, diagnosis, and ultimately treatment as cancer affects most of us, either directly or indirectly. With this is Dr. Donna Turner. She is an epidemiologist and provincial director of population oncology at Cancer Care Manitoba. She's also an associate professor in the Department of Community Health Sciences at the University of Manitoba. Dr. Turner, good morning to you. Good morning, Richard. Thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, On the smoking side, um, we're doing a lot better, aren't we? We sure are. You know, this is one of the areas which this report uh, gives us a chance to reflect on the progress that we've made. So this report is the latest, the seventh in a series of very comprehensive reports from the Canadian Partnership Against Cancer that uh, talks about how we as Canadians um, are are served in terms of cancer-related services. And this includes everything from prevention to screening to treatment. So starting with the prevention aspect, as you say, it's really exciting for us in Manitoba to see how we have improved so that we are now the second lowest in terms of smoking rates in the country. And that used to be uh, not the case at at all. That to me says the messaging's getting out there and uh, higher prices, packaging, all that people know smoking is related directly to cancer, but they're also doing something about it, either quitting while they can or not starting in the first place. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of our key messages as, around smoking is uh, to, not to start if you can, but quitting any time is, is beneficial for your health uh, for many different diseases, including cancer. And we are really pleased to see that the combination of messaging um, and, uh, as you say, things like uh, taxation on, on uh, cigarettes and uh, just basically making smoking somewhat less socially acceptable has really made a huge difference. Uh, for Manitobans, and that really bodes well for the future in terms of cancer in Manitoba. Still, is it safe to say most of the cancer that you will see is related to smoking? Well, I, I'd say a, a lot of cancers are. We we know that that uh, about uh, 20% of all cancers are associated with uh, tobacco smoking, and there are certainly certain cancers that are more associated than others, uh, most notably lung cancer, where over 80% uh, is associated with exposure to cigarette smoke. But other cancers, like head and neck cancers and so on, are also very strongly associated with smoking. The take-up on HPV vaccination for girls is not where it should be. We're at the bottom of the list. Can you help us understand, first of all, why this vaccination is so important and why we do so poorly? Well, the vaccination uh, for HPV or the human papillomavirus uh, is a very important one in terms of cancer control and especially for cervical cancer. We know that almost all of cervical cancer is associated with HPV infection at some point. So it's really important for us to try to prevent HPV infection uh, first off through things like HPV vaccination and then to find it early if we can't prevent it, which is what the importance of screening is. So um, the 
HPV vaccine is one of uh, the newer vaccines that is now offered to school-age uh, children. And as you say, uh, it's been offered to uh, school-age girls. And starting this fall, the announcement uh, was made last year that uh, boys will also be getting uh, HPV vaccine. 58% take up though. Can you, um, I don't know if this is done in the study, but I, I know there's a real concern here that not enough parents are making sure that their kids are getting it. And I'm wondering if we're doing such a good job on the messaging on smoking, whether we're doing poorly on the messaging behind uh, HPV vaccine, because I think, you know, I've still talked to parents who think that, oh, well, that's going to give my kid the license then to have safe sex. And that's not at all the message here. You're absolutely right. Um, HPV uh, uh, vaccination uh, really does not give anybody a license to to uh, uh, to uh, live freely and, and in terms of uh, having uh, having sex at an earlier age. It really does offer protection um, uh, for not just cervical cancer but other cancers now too. We're we're discovering so uh, various head and neck cancers are associated with uh, uh, HPV infection uh, as well as anal cancers and penile cancers. So this is maybe something that uh, isn't as well known uh, as, um, uh, as uh, maybe we have done in terms of the risk factors uh, or the, the risk of smoking. So, so hopefully we can, what we can do is learn some things about how we've succeeded with uh, smoking and getting the message out. It took us a long time to get to be number two in terms of smoking rates. So I think now we see that um, we have a, uh, some challenges ahead of us. Certainly our, our public health partners um, have been working very hard with uh, schools and parents and school boards to understand the importance of HPV vaccination uh, and uh, the announcement that boys as well as girls will be vaccinated this fall um, is is going to also bring this back into the spotlight. Uh, and so I think par- parents need to understand the how um, how important HPV vaccination is for a various wide range of, of cancers uh, that uh, they can be actually protecting their kids against. Dr. Donna Turner is with us from Cancer Care Manitoba. Richard Cloutier reporting on the screening side We've got the second highest on pap tests, fourth best on screening for breast cancer, first in colorectal cancer screening, yet the overall rate is low at 65%. And screening is controversial in the sense that I think many people are comfortable with screening, but a lot of doctors that I've talked to have said said that, you know, over screening or screening is important if you're in that target category. I'm just wondering if you can shed some light here as to not only how we do on screening, but is all screening that's done necessary? Well, um, so there are guidelines for screening, uh, and it's very that's where our screening programs uh, that are operated by Cancer Care Manitoba uh, focus very much on inviting people who are in the eligible age categories to come at uh, the appropriate intervals. So uh, when we're thinking about breast cancer, for example, women between the ages of 50 and 74 um, are invited to come for a screening mammogram every two years. Uh, women uh, who are between the ages of 21 and 69 are invited to come for a pap test every three years, and that's a bit of a change in the last couple of years. Uh, and then finally, colorectal cancer, which is the newest kid on the block in terms of screening. Uh, we um, actually mail out fecal occult blood tests to men and women aged 50 to 74, and we encourage people to do that screening test every two years. So it does vary, but um, we try to make sure that um, 
we are sending out invitations to people to help prompt them at the appropriate interval uh, to uh, to come and screen um, because one of the best chances that you have of a good outcome is to find the cancer early even before you have symptoms which is what screening is all about. On diagnosis we're near the top we're third best on breast uh, second best on colorectal and how are we doing on when you have a suspicion of cancer to diagnosis to treatment? Because there is an expectation there that we are trying to meet at least 90% of the time. Yes. Uh, so there's different things that we're trying to look at uh, in terms of this. The, the report, as you say, talks about the the diagnosis, especially amongst patients who are screened, how long it takes people to go and get their actual biopsy to confirm uh, their their um, uh, whether an abnormal finding is indeed cancer, because not all abnormal findings from a screening test turn out to be cancer in the end. Uh, so in the case of colorectal cancer, we do very well. In the case of breast cancer, we do very well if somebody doesn't need a biopsy in the end. But the report is interesting, provides two different views of, um, of uh, uh, the time to getting a biopsy following a, a screening mammogram. So the report actually says that Manitoba performs second best in terms of uh, meeting the seven-week target. We're actually at about 75% of women who have an abnormal breast screen who then need a biopsy are seen within that seven weeks, and that's great. That's number two in the country. But what we can see in this report is that we have a number of women, for a variety of reasons, who aren't seen until about 14 weeks. And so that's where our 90% mark is, is being seen at the 14-week part. So one of the things that we've been working on is to make sure that the system is working as efficiently as possible. But this is also a really great opportunity for us to, to say to women, if you have uh, an abnormal mammogram and it's recommended that you go and get a, a biopsy, don't put off that appointment. Make sure that you go and actually see, see uh, um, the specialist uh, right away. And so that, 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 again, gives you the best chance of having early treatment and the best outcomes. Where are the challenges right now on diagnosis and ultimately on treatment for Cancer Care Manitoba? Hmm. Uh, in terms of the, the challenges for diagnosis and treatment in Manitoba, again, we do an awful lot of things uh, really well. Um, our, I would say, first of all, that we have some very uh, great high points in terms of timely delivery of radiation therapy and uh, also in terms of, uh, of our delivery of, of surgery and chemotherapy. Um, we do. We are at the top of the list for several of the cancers, and we're kind of in the middle of the pack for a lot for some of the other cancers that we're uh, looking at in terms of treatment. So I, I would suggest to you that the challenges are on those rarer forms of cancer, not just in Manitoba but across Canada. We're good at identifying the the predominant ones, but on the rarer ones, that's where the challenge is for all health healthcare providers on the cancer side. Well, cancer is is a difficult thing to diagnose, I would say. So, you know, if you're if you're looking at a rarer cancer, something which is not sort of seen by your family physician very often, it certainly can be challenging to to find those. So, yes, I would agree that that uh, from that perspective, uh, the the clinical challenges around um, determining a cancer if it's a particular rare one. Um, are, Put, put physicians in a very unique position. So that's universal. That's certainly not a Manitoba unique uh, situation. And when we look at it, pretty well all our lives at some point are going to be affected by cancer, won't they? Yes, it's really interesting to note that um, the latest national statistics uh, uh, about lifetime risk have actually increased so that we're 
approaching uh, one in two of us will develop cancer in our lifetime. Either me or you. Donna Turner, thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, Richard. Isn't that a sobering statistic? Either you or me will develop cancer in our lifetime. Dr. Donna Turner, epidemiologist, provincial director of population oncology at Cancer Care Manitoba. Richard Cloutier reports on 680 CJOB.